0: Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome to the Fresh Arsenal Podcast, episode 73. I can't quite do it like Ollie, but I'm trying to do it the justice it deserves. Um, I think I'd
1: struggle after. The last few weeks, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as you can hear, I am of course joined by Oli Price Bates. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, yeah, I think we last spoke after the West Ham and Liverpool games, which we could sort of, I think, fans were trying to desperately rationalize it's okay to give up a lead at Anfield because it's Anfield, and then we, I think, we had the discussion last time about. You know, maybe it just happens because um you know, the Sakamist penalty, maybe we're just really unfortunate with the West Ham one. But we haven't spoken since the the Southampton game, which I think was the first maybe the final now. Um in the coffin. The the time that people saying it's those results were one off. It was it was kind of the game where we actually saw Yeah, we've dropped off a bit, wasn't
0: it? Mm. I mean, it was my first game back in London and I went to the stadium, uh, luckily. And I literally just sat down, game starts, concede. And, you know, a, a lot of people gave Ramsdale a lot of flack for that. But my perspective was... If you're like if you're gonna play out from the back, you're gonna make mistakes. Like your keeper's gonna have one a season, right? And you can't really pick when it's gonna happen. Like Allison and Courtois both made howlers in the last sixteen of the Champions League. Edison, I think, made two mistakes in two games against Spurs, you know, the the, the home and the away game that they had really close to each other. He made mistakes in both those that led to goals. So when you play out from the back, you're gonna make mistakes. And I think if you could pick when it could happen home against a team that are bottom of the league and have a terrible defense in the first 30 seconds like if you could pick it that's when you'd pick it to happen and so i i I couldn't really fault him too much like obviously it's a terrible mistake but just by the laws of averages He's never really made a mistake before with this feat that's cost us, and every other keeper in the world does, right? Whether you're Neuer, Manian, Allison or Edison, they all make mistakes with their feet. And so I, I wasn't really too fussed about that. I was like, look, we've still got ninety minutes plus to score two goals against the worst team in the league. And yeah, obviously what what happened after was um, was was really terrible. And that second goal I thought was uh, was was really. Pitiful amongst like, but pretty much from four or five players, Um, and and there's obviously been clips going around of you know holding being really deep and then trying to step up and not pressing the man. And um, I mean, a lot of people said, "Oh, what? How can Walcott just run off Gabriel like that?" Well, he's gonna he's gonna run off any player, isn't he? Um, Even at his age, Um, how were you feeling after those first two goals went in, Oli? I mean, I was pretty down about it um, and it felt like the end to me really
1: um, <laughs> similar for different reasons for me without getting a bit too personal but um, this game actually was occurring whilst I was in A&E in hospital and between different things happening I was getting a stream up on my phone um, saw the start go in and again yeah thought that would be fine I was then about to get injected into my skull from behind. Um, And there was all sorts of consultants and things around me. And as they were preparing that, I checked my phone and we were two down. I was like, could this day get worse? (laughs) What is going on right now? And um, yeah, eventually I watched the last, I think I then tuned back in after everything had happened and we were three, one down. And there was about, Ten minutes left, I think. Um and I watched all of that, which probably wasn't a safe thing to do at the time again. But what a crazy last ten minutes it was. Well, and and added time and I did really think we were gonna win. And Trossard hit the bar and yeah. there's those couple of chances that dropped to Jesus. I think Jesus since that game, you know, not really at City, but he had a good game against Chelsea. And before that game, he'd been really good. But mm. he, he had a very much an off day in that game, didn't he? But I think it's it's hard to blame attacking players when you score three against the bottom side at home. Like, you know, that's not why we didn't win the game, even though it felt like we could have done better in front of goal. So that was my, yeah, experience of that game, which is quite something because, yeah, obviously all the stuff that had happened personally and then leaving... Eventually leaving the hospital thinking, what has just happened with Arsenal? Because as I say, we were trying to rationalise those two twos and you could kind of get your head around it. But despite the fact we dropped those leads, it never felt like we were going to put a performance like this in at home against the bottom team. So it, it was surprising to me. And I think, yeah, and then naturally what follows at City is very expected, I think, after something like that. Just to kind of reverse it
0: reverse in time a little bit, were you surprised that there were no changes for that Southampton game? um obviously there was the enforced one with Shaka and i and I was a bit like, oh, that's bad, you know xhaka has been so important for us this season, and mm. you know i th- I think Vieira coming in's fine like he he did it at Wolves away. It's easier to do it at Southampton at home. he did it at Bournemouth at home as well, like. You know, we should be able to play a thirty million pound player in midfield um, to to replace Shaka, which has been happening all season. Um, yeah, uh, were you were you kind of surprised at that? Were you surprised at Rob Holding starting again after? I mean, I think he was like just about okay at Liverpool. Like we we kind of got away with the mistakes he made, the penalty. Um, you know, I think he was really poor with the one on one that Darwin Nunes had, where the ball just goes in behind him. Um, but he did make a couple of good intersections, a couple of good headed clearances and such. But the signs were there that, you know, like when Eddie came into the team for four or five games, the first three or four were great, but then it started to peter out. And similarly with Rob, he came into those first two games that were really nice, right? Palace and Leeds at home. Palace hadn't had a shot on target for 72 hours worth a game or something like that. Um, Leeds are just probably going to get relegated at this point or, or winning amongst it for sure, um, especially with their uh, with their fixture list. But then after Liverpool, we kind of got away with it, right? And West Ham, 2-0 up, everyone was like, yeah, this is fine, but the capitulation that, that happened there on in, I don't want to say it was his fault in entirety, but I think when Rob Holding isn't doing good rob holding stuff in terms of duels in terms of headed clearance i think he was O of 5 or O of 7 in duels for whichever you know metric provider you use i thought it was really poor and i was pretty i was sure he'd, he'd try and tweak it for the southampton game because arteta does usually you know after two or three games he does usually make a change and i was quite surprised to see him out there again against southampton if i'm honest
1: yeah i think I think Arteta's shown a tendency to stick to, i say a winning team when we just drawn two games, but, you know, we'd taken a confident lead in both those games. So we had shown our ability to play some really good football in the first half against West Ham and Liverpool with that team. So I think he had a bit of allegiance to it, I understand. But I think when you're in a title race like this, you've got to spot those problems and make those changes quicker. Um, you know, Man City have got a much bigger squad, and it's, it would take a miracle to ever overcome them over 38 games. But you can see what Pep does with his squad throughout the season. You know, De Bruyne sat out periods and now he looks brilliant, although he was injured yesterday. But we've played Saka through. Would he have benefited from a, a few weeks break at that time? And now he comes in, you know, there's all these things to learn. Um, with the holding thing, I think we've both been clear that we felt he needed to change it probably after Anfield, um and definitely after West Ham. <clears throat> the difficult thing is that I do have sympathy in the fact that there's no there was nothing like clean. There was no clean change there to make. You you either put Kivior who did really well against Chelsea, but you know Chelsea don't really score any goals and didn't really put much pressure on us. Um, but Kivior had looked pretty rash when he played, come off the bench at Anfield, and he's left-footed. You don't often see a left-footer on the right, so nothing was perfect. There was other people trying to talk about Partey and centre back, um, and I would have tried something definitely for the City game because I think going with yeah, I could I could sort of understand it for Southampton. You think Holding and Vieira we should get away with it. But equally Southampton might have been a good opportunity to try something a bit different. I, I definitely think it was right. And I'll, I'll explain why, because y-
0: you can't treat that city game as a one-off. Like I think everything that happened after we learned about the Saliba injury should have been with a view to setting us up against Man City, right? Mm. Either you find a way to win the five games and then, you know, lose to city or and this is what I think I would have done with Liverpool and City on the horizon. I would have started formulating ideas that can stop the opponent and let us play, maybe not as expansively, but still win games from the moment that Saliba went down because he is such a huge influence. And, you know, I, I follow Serie a, a a fair bit and, you know, Milan especially. And they didn't have a, Similar situation, but when Mike Manyan went down um, and a couple of other defenders purely went to a, a five at the back and it wasn't with an initial idea to get back into a title race or get back into top four even. It was more, I want to practice this for the Champions League knockouts and now they're in the semi-final. And now I'm not saying we should have done that, but I do feel that... You know, whether it was at West Ham in the last 30 minutes when it gets to 2-2 um, or whether it was for the Southampton game, I really think he should have changed it. And to be honest with you, watching West Ham at City last night, I can't really understand why we didn't go for a more like condensed, compact, com, uh, compact team at the Etihad, considering how defensively vulnerable we were. It was, it was very kamikaze from Arteta to go man for man. And um, I mean, holding picked the worst time to have his worst performance of the season. And he really did look out of his depth, but I think after the West Ham game, I, I, I stopped blaming him because I know his limitations and how poor a player he is. Um, and started kind of thinking about why Arteta hasn't changed it. And, you know, the Chelsea game, seeing Kiri in the flesh and, you know, sitting behind him in the north bank in that first half. You can just tell, can't you? Like even little things like him getting really tight to Sterling, even if he gets rolled, but like being able to to go out into the channel, like playing first time passes, left and right foot. Like even even simple things that Rob wouldn't do, like the ball breaking loose and instead of intercepting it, rolling the ball over and, and passing it sideways, Kivior was just stepping in and, and passing it first time into midfield. All these little things that that add up a lot and I don't think it's a I don't think it's a surprise that we saw like us build up a lot more with a two rather than Ben White and Gabrielle uh, and then Party holding uh Rob Holding's hand. Um and, and it frustrated me even more because you've got a player there that's clearly capable um and you've spent twenty million quid on and your scouting department is is kind of set on being your second choice left centre back next season. Um I think he should have been used more. And, um, yeah, it's a big, big shame. When he started playing passes with his right foot, I was like, wh- you know, why have we not played it earlier? Um, and, and, yeah, I, I thought it was a big shame. And I think, like last season, probably a game too late to ch- change it, isn't it, Ollie? Like, last season, we saw Lacazette was struggling and Arteta waited until, basically, he got COVID to, to play Nketiah.
1: So... Mm. Um, and, and I said and, and going the... for the title against city versus top four, it's like one draw when you should have won yeah, can it, cost it? It. it's yeah. it's not like it's not like the top four point's that's what I
0: said before the Southampton game to the person that was sitting next to, it, I was like, When I saw the team sheet I was like,
1: Did you I... know that person
0: uh, I did I did, yeah. <laughs> I did uh, uh, um, just on
1: the cheap like no, no, random, no.
0: Like... Although that did happen to me um, for the <laughs> for the Chelsea game, um, but I, I I was saying before the Southampton game, when I saw the team sheet, I was like, what, you know, what if it's a game too late? What if this is the Palace away or the Brighton at home of last season? And I think unfortunately that was that was
1: it really. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we had the City game, which, as you say, I think Arteta tried to, it almost, he went man for man and tried to say we're better players than you, which was never going to work, really. It was, <laughs> it was a little bit puzzling. But, yeah, I think if anyone had any hope before that game, I think it's been extinguished after. I mean, City... City have sort of been in fourth gear in the two games since and won. I think they didn't look great at all against Fulham or West Ham. They clicked a little bit in the second half yesterday against West Ham, but that was a West Ham without, like, Rice and all sorts, wasn't it? They had
0: no Rice, no suit check, Um and no... There was one other player that was missing for them. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan O'Guard, uh, the centre-back.
1: And look, I know they lost 3-0, but I agree with you. They gave, at least in that first half, it felt like they were giving City a better game than we did, yeah. and they had both their centre midfielders missing. You know, both have big piece to break ones. them down, right? Yeah, like you know, if you go there and whereas we were just getting caught. you know, that second goal, which I really don't know how it's not a side, but before that, there's four or five big space openings where oh, they could have crazy. easily scored several goals and we kind it just felt like an arsenal at city performance from any time in the last 10 years which was really disappointing considering how much we've changed our away form we've changed our well, I think it was away form especially
0: especially considering the last 3 city games although they've won have been mm. really good contests like yeah. even the home one which I thought they were deserved winners of, the margins were really fine. Like 1-1, yeah. one, one, Ketia misses. Big, big individual big wearers chances. As well. Yeah, big individual Whereas the, the FA Cup game I thought was really good from us, but like, it's exactly how I wanted us to approach this game. Yeah. Um, which we didn't. We went a little bit more helter-skelter. Um, I mean, and, the way and, City and, played. And the home game last season as well, right? Yeah. Uh, where we should have won and, you know, feeling of injustice and... Yeah, to to go from those three really good performances to this one, regardless of personnel, I thought was was pretty pretty poor.
1: Yeah, the way uh, you know we were poor. I think the game plan was wrong, but City were very 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 good in that game, and I've I've watched them a lot this season, and there's been a lot of games where they've been nowhere near that level. So it just does feel like they've got another gear. As I say, they weren't great against Fulham or West Ham kind of felt like because they didn't feel they needed to i mean they rotated the keeper out yesterday didn't they it's a bit
0: yeah that was weird um... isn't it? but again doesn't matter I, no. I mean what what i'll say is i and i was having this debate with, with people on twitter and they were like we should go there and play our game it's it's the only way we'll, we'll do it if you go there and sit back you know you, you're just going to get carved open at some point and lose and i was like you've got to play the percentages in this game like city did at the emirates like pep gave up the ball and people were like no we forced them to blah blah and i was like pep guardiola never ever ever just doesn't control the ball he will like that's all he cares about in football first and foremost if there's a way that he can do it he will he will look after the ball and in that game, they were very comfortable going long, wasting time, et cetera, and being very pragmatic. And mm-hmm. I think Arteta's done an amazing job. I think he's my manager of the season. Um, you know, unless Big Sam keeps leads up or something like that. Um, he's, he's my manager of the season for sure. And I think a lot of people have probably over, over-indexed, over-indexed stuff like substitutions, which I think he's been better than people have given him credit for but the bits where he's probably fallen away at is like pragmatism so you know um everton away nil nil was bringing georginio on the right move or or should you have just tried to escape there with a point instead of going for a more attacking substitution um you know uh sh- should we have taken holding out earlier um should we have tried Trossard at Force Nine earlier? Stuff like that that I think is a bit more um less reactive, more pragmatic when it matters in the big games. You know, one one against United, should we have just kind of run out of run out of there with a point rather than going attacking and, and trying to get the win? Um and I know I like the fact that he always wants to go for the win, but that those two key bits about pragmatism and, and being a bit more proactive rather than reactive, I think, are areas he needs to improve on. And I think the third bit is, you know, Pep's been able to take players out this side and kind of let them charge their batteries. You mentioned KDB, but like Carl Walker started the last three games and he's not gotten any minutes prior because I think Pep knows that, you know, in the big Champions League games where, you know, who, who do you want against Vinicius? It's going to be Walker, right? Mm. Um, He knows, he can see it in the horizon and he wants them to kind of like get into the rhythm just before those games. And I think, you know, looking at some of the players this season, Gabriel taking a knock at Chelsea, like that's the second season in a row where he's kind of limping to the finish line. Ben White looks exhausted. Saka perpetually looks tired, doesn't he? Because we... We we play him every game. Um, I think he needs to learn that kind of rhythm as mm. well, especially with with four competitions next season.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, I mean, we we've won a game as well. We should talk a little bit about that. I guess um, we wanted to to discuss obviously those games because we haven't done a podcast since, and and obviously the general momentum and feeling around the club has changed a lot since we last spoke although it was starting to feel that way after those draws but important pet to get back to winning ways against Chelsea
0: yeah for sure I mean um, it was the perfect opponent in a way in the sense that this was a team not doing particularly well but like a big enough game that the crowd were going to get up for it and so on and so forth i think I, i i think that we looked like our old selves and again i'm sorry to go back to the holding point but I mentioned as soon as you saw Kiwi or in those first 15 minutes, it was kind of like, why hasn't he been playing more? Mm. Um, and it well, was great. It was great to find the player as well. Like I now yeah. feel confident that next season, if Gabriel goes down, Kiwi or can come in. It doesn't feel like that big a drop off, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of tests to come and he, he has done some suspect things against Sporting. Um, but he is a very highly rated player by some very intelligent clubs. He's very young um, and I think he needs some games. He needed a game like this. I think, you know, we talked about should Arteta have used Southampton as a bit of a trial before City. He didn't. I think he's potentially used Chelsea as a bit of a trial before Newcastle to make changes, which makes sense because I think if you if you chuck Kivior in against Newcastle in that environment, Um, you could maybe not completely kill him. But if he has a bad day, it's hard with the modern fans. And, you know, that's all fans will remember. That's all we've seen of him. So I think it was important to give him this Chelsea game. I think he was really, really good. But as I say, he'll he'll have more tests at Newcastle. But he wasn't the only change, Pet was he? We had Jorginho come in for Partey. Partey had a few really poor games is talk that he's carrying a a bit of an injury, like he seems to always, always have. But um, we also saw Trossard come in because he's been so good off the bench and so good when he started, it felt like we had to find a place for him. It was in space of Martinelli who, who's been reasonably good, even in these bad games. So three Three, you know, fairly significant changes—a change in every zone of the pitch, which is quite rare to see from Arteta, considering they were all unforced. Um, and I think he said after the game, "Look, we had to do something else. We, we were losing games. We were conceding lots of goals. Um, so it's going to be really interesting, though. But maybe we'll get to this a bit later. But what he does at Newcastle, because. Jorginho had a really good game against Chelsea, but big space transitions are his enemy, and that's kind of the first thing you think of when you think of St James's Park. Um
0: With that midfield especially Joel Linton, yeah, Bruno and Willock. Is, so I
1: mean, uh, let, let's go there now, based on this. I mean, how how do you line up at Newcastle? Uh I think
0: I think he should start party. And I'd probably start Martinelli as well. So I'd I I'd, I'd bring back to those original starters of Martinelli and Party. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that Martinelli was rested for this game was with Newcastle in mind, I think. Um, you know, just on the Jorginho point, I think that's five starts for us now. And he's been excellent in three of them and decent mm-hmm. in another at City at home. I think the only one where he wasn't amazing was, was Everton at home. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think he should have been used more in those last five or six games. We really needed that leadership. I mean, um, I don't know if you caught the interview with Xhaka after the Chelsea game, but he was they were, they were talking about giving a young squad advice and stuff, and he mentioned Jorginho a couple of times. I just feel like we needed that kind of cool calm collected head that that Mm. experience in these like last five or six games and I would have liked to see him start at City considering you know Xhaka didn't look fit at all did he with the with the with the cold um would I like to see him start at Southampton um maybe maybe come on earlier against West Ham when it was getting a bit too to and fro at half time after the after the break um but against Newcastle I'm expecting a very difficult game I think if we get anything out of that game we'll have done really well because they really have their tails up they really have it in for us generally for some reason um they like playing against us Eddie Howe seems to have a big chip on his shoulder against any of the top six doesn't he so I think it's gonna be a really really tough game and um I think I, I would be surprised if Jorginho starts. Um, and I think Trossard is the option off the bench, isn't he? He's like the sixth man.
1: Yeah. It's hard because, I mean, ideally I'd start both of them, but Jacques and Erdegaard had a really good games against to to Chelsea. You feel like we need both of them as well. So there's just not that room. But you want Partey because you kind of need to gamble that he has a good day and it's exactly the team you need him for with those, with, with how they play. And as you say, their midfielders, but you also do want that calming presence of Jorginho and yeah, I'm 50, 50 on, on what he'll do. I don't know if, um, yeah, we'll try and we'll try and build the team in a certain way that, the, the transition worry with Jorginho is countered by having certain players in certain areas, you know, I, I wouldn't put him past that given given the fact we won the game and just yeah. keeping some rhythm and that that experience um, that Jorginho has. And if Partey does have a knock, I don't know. But I think front line is really interesting. As much as I love Saka, if you said on form, the front three would be Martinelli-Trossard. Jesus. Um, Because Saka does look, he does look a bit jaded. You know, we can use him for 40 minutes off the bench or half time, whatever. But I do wonder if he might might consider something like Jesus and Jesus on the right, Martinelli on the left, Trossard through the middle. Maybe. I I think
0: the one thing about Newcastle is they don't have a very quick defense and Dan Byrne got roasted by um, Saka at the Emirates. And I do feel that Mm. that's the area where we can hurt them. I think it will be that front three. Um, Do do you think the fact that we play a day after City will will change anything? I mean, you know, we're all hoping they drop points. There are some people that are still holding hope. But, you know, if City win against Leeds, they go four clear. And, you know, it kind of means that if we have any hope... We we need to win,
1: have to win, mm-hmm.
0: and a draw is kind of pointless. Um, so do you think that will maybe see a more aggressive lineup? Like, um, you know, do, do you think I, I don't know what he could do to be more aggressive or more conservative either way, but I, I do think maybe it's accurate, left we'll, laugh back. <laughs> back, but maybe we will just go really, really aggressive if. And when City beat Leeds, which, you know, unless Big Sam is going to perform some sort of miracle, I think that will happen. But, I mean, if City, let's say, draw or somehow lose that game, and you said to me, could you take a point? I'd probably take my chances, take a point and try and win the rest of the games um, and hope for the best. Because I just don't envision this. I I can't see this Arsenal team winning 4-4, really. No. I really struggle it. I mean, if you offered me ten points right now, I'd absolutely take it. Yeah. Um, to finish the season on
1: Well, we've got Newcastle points. and Forest away. Forest absolutely having to win and look half decent at home. Yeah. We've got Brighton at home, which we traditionally are bad at and they're really good. And I must and say Walsh though,
0: I am I think Brighton, we suit playing Brighton quite quite a lot. Um Home or away, I think the way they play is quite kamikaze in its nature. Like you know, they're playing. It you feels United like tonight. yeah,
1: like a, one of the crazy games we've seen at the Emirates. will see something like that again.
0: Yeah, it could be like a five-two. You know, either way or yeah. whatever. But I, I, I do expect us to score goals against Brighton. That mm. makes me quite confident about that one. Forest, as all I've always had down, as a bit of a bogey game, and I was, I was hoping they'd be safe by the time we play and wolves wolves already look at like they're at the beach right they've got four games left and they just need one win or a couple of draws really they play villa at home uh united away which you'd expect them to lose and then everton at home before playing us so you'd expect them to pick up like a point or two or maybe three from those three fixtures and they'll be safe by the time they play us so yeah not really worried about that one but um I I can't see us winning all four games I really can't.
1: No. I think you know the win against Chelsea <clears throat> stopped us looking over our shoulders a bit because <clears throat> we would be say we lost that game we'd only be 10 ahead of Newcastle if they they've beat got a us. Game in hand, yeah. That's seven they then got a game in hand. Um they've got some difficult fixtures there you know
0: after us they play um they play Leeds away, who are fighting for their lives. Brighton at home, who are good, obviously. Um, Leicester at home, who will be fighting for their lives. And then Chelsea away, who you know, can't buy a win, but you never know what they're going to be like and you know, are actually yeah. not, not terrible. I, I think we
1: could probably lose the last four and still probably just come yeah. second. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah,
0: yeah. I think we'd come second on this points total. I, I think Newcastle...
1: I think, but I think that win was key because... You know, you lose to Chelsea, you probably then lose to Newcastle. We may lose Newcastle anyway. And then you got Forest. Arsenal got absolutely nothing to play for. You could easily lose that. Brighton are then fighting for and you know it could Yeah. We had top four secured, yeah, yeah. but if we really tumbled down, it would be a disaster. And you know, there's so many ways to look at it, isn't there? We've we've only lost one in what, twelve or something in the Premier mm. League. Um, but it doesn't feel like that because we've had three draws and and a loss in, in a chunk. Um but still, you know, that it really would have been a, a massive fall off and you know, affect things like you know, if we managed to fall beneath United or come close to them and Declan Rice suddenly sees United, had a really strong end of the season, Arsenal seemed to fall away, can affect things like that and our summer plans we need to make sure what i said in january is that we were never in the top four fight We've, we've done that yeah and now we need to just make sure these last five games that we're never never in a fight for anything other than runners up and and as someone pointed out you know this title one day may get taken away from city so let's make sure we're uh we're there to at, the least, winners, yeah. at least have an Asterix title at some stage. Um, I mean, yeah,
0: it's going to be really difficult. Can you Do you hold hope in, in City dropping any points? I mean, looking at their fi- fixtures now, um, asking us about, about ours, obviously, but they've got Leeds at home, which presumably Pep will rotate a fair bit because they've got Madrid away on the Tuesday. And then they go to Everton on the Sunday and then play Madrid again at home um on the Wednesday and then play Chelsea at home and then Brighton away. Um so there's lots of games coming up for them. Do you you know, do you do you kind of see them dropping any points between well, I, I'm I think they will drop points, obviously, between now and the end of the season. My question is to you, like, do you think they'll drop enough for us to have any hope in in
1: coming top. Look, I think the three away games look potential banana skins. Um I know Everton have looked pretty trash but they they're capable when they absolutely need to at home of doing something. And you don't really want to be going to Gilderson Park in the middle of May when they need to win. No. Um, between two Real Madrid games. So There's potential there. There's potential at Brighton away. There always is. And there always is Brentford away. Um, So those three away games are probably the three that I think there's some hope. The issue for me is I, like you, don't see us winning R four. Um, So the best case is probably draw at Newcastle, win the other three and hope City get three draws. I don't know if that would even...
0: I don't think it would. I mean, well, at that up. Premier League table. Sorry, just doing some quick mental math here. If City, if City have five games left, if they draw three, I mean, that
1: just sounds ridiculous. It does, sound, it does sound does sound ridiculous, happen, doesn't it? But...
0: So that'll be they'd be on eighty-two plus two wins. That's eighty-eight. We'd be on the set. Yeah, it wouldn't even matter because um, they'd they'd win. On oh, goal difference by a mile, anyway. Yeah. Unless um, we
1: beat Wolves 20 now on the final day.
0: I mean, even then, <laughs> their, goal, <laughs> yeah, their goal difference is 15 ahead of us. So it's yeah. difficult. Um, so we'd need them to. We need them if, to lose. If we draw, two, they need to lose. Lose two. If they we lost need... two
1: and we only got 10 points, what, what happens? Uh? It's, the,
0: it's the same, isn't it? Because they'd win. Oh, no, maybe they'd draw one, we'd go, uh, win two. Yeah, yeah would so be that's... the same uh i don't know it wouldn't if they if they lost two we'd win the league if we got mm-hmm. 10 points so we basically we basically do need them to slip up yeah um and i and i think realistically they have to slip up in the next two games like because at the end of the day they they could theoretically win the league at chelsea at home
1: yeah it's a bit annoying how the fixes have fallen because I think that Brentford and Brighton in a week. If you had that
0: in now the, around the Madrid, Madrid games, games yeah. yeah,
1: I think they have a real problem considering, yeah, the injuries they might pick up. I mean, even just how they played against West Ham yesterday at home. I think if they had that level of performance at Brighton or Brentford away yesterday, they probably don't win the game. We we basically need
0: we need a draw from either the Leeds City or Everton City game. And then we need to just hope that Brighton and Brentford beat them. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what we need. Uh, Or or Chelsea do something. Um,
1: Realistically, we need to find a way to win our games. But, I mean, Newcastle were such a hard game. Only lost once this season. And that was when they had a very early red card. And to be honest, I watched that game. They still dominated Liverpool for large parts. um, Yeah. With 10 men. So... They're a very good side, like kind of got Champions League secure now. So they're kind of just in party mode.
0: Yeah. And last Um, year when they were in party mode, they absolutely smacked us. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I think they see, they get up for the big games. They see teams like us as teams that they want to overcome. And, you know, they're, they're, you know, as as they say, they're reasonably close to us if they win the game. They're only 10 points behind with the game in hand. don't think they'll catch us this year, but, um, you know, it's not crazy for them to think this is the type of team, especially at home, we should be beating if we want to get to where we want to get to.
0: And and, and also, um, there is, uh, you know, this idea that they could be competing with us for the same targets. So they got linked to Rafinha, didn't they, Mm -hmm. yesterday? And that's a player that we bid for last summer. So I think there is, as you said... A bit of status to play for like i do i don't think newcastle and arsenal will be competing for similar players but i do think newcastle and united and chelsea will be competing for similar types of players so newcastle will want to make sure that you know the likes of the the, the next alexander ishak or bruno gumarash don't go to united or arsenal they go to newcastle um which will be difficult to do i think with United and Arsenal having Champions League football and the kind of pedigree they have. But, yeah. you know, with the money they have, if they can say, look, we only came seven points off Arsenal and 13 points off City, and we've got Fabian Shah, Dan Byrne, Joel Linton, Joe Willock, Miguel Almiron playing 30 games a season, think about what we could do with you, Rafinha, in the lineup. And that's the kind of that's the kind of selling pitch i think they'll have with with Eddie Howe as well so yeah we need to we need to we need to do something there i mean mm-hmm. if we can get 10 to 12 points i think you've got like a 1 in 10 1 in 15 chance but you know anything below 10 points and there's i, I think like a 1 in a million chance that this this goes to the, even the final two fixtures which would be a shame um, yeah Quick, quickly touching on, you know, summer transfers since we've mm. spoken, there's some new names that have been floated about, Mason Mount, uh, Mark Way, um Gabby Vega today, after yesterday it was, you know, said that he wouldn't be going to Madrid, presumably because they have won the race for Gio Bellingham, which is probably good for us because I think he would have probably gone to City. I think they were the other club. Um, what, do you, what do you make some of the names coming out? I mean, Declan Rice, again, you mentioned he might choose a different club depending on how we finish. But to me, it seems very Gabriel Jesus and, and this is one that's been in the works for a while and is going to be announced very early in the transfer window. So aside yeah. from you know Rice, some of the names that are coming out, are you happy, pleased? Any that you've been kind of following or tracking for a while?
1: Well I think it's interesting on the on the sentiment field is because I you mean know, I had a, a private message from um a listener called Joe who, who asked about the Rice and Caicedo stuff, because, as you say, the new names of Mount, um, Gabby Viega, who I think we've been linked with before, are much more attacking. And there's been a view that we want Rice and Caicedo, and I think even David Ornstein has sort of said as much. But it's, it's hard to see um, us wanting both when we're then being linked with, like Rice and though you could see how they both work. We could play one in that slightly more advanced Xhaka role. But if we want a Mount or a Gabi Viego, much more attacking midfielders than both of those, are we wanting them as a Erdegaard rotation? I doubt it.
0: I doubt it. I, I think that... Um. Arteta would ideally, in his ideal squad, want like a 6-8, who can comp- like a Gundogan type, right? Like a Xhaka or Gundogan type. And then a attacking eight, Bernardo Silva, Mason Mount type. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the six, I think he'd ideally want like a Declan Rice stopper type and then a Jorginho more metronome type as well, depending on the game state and an opponent. So... And I don't know what the midfield would look like next season, but you know, I, I think you can hang your hat on Xhaka being there. There's there's rumours that we're going to extend his contract, and you know, I did
1: see rumours though that he could go this week. I saw really? something like, yeah. does he
0: like? Is he going to well, leave on the back of his best season? Right?
1: I don't think so. But when I see we want rising Joseito and we're being linked to more advanced players, I don't think we buy three centre midfielders. But no, no, I agree. I do wonder, I said before, whether Jorginho has come in to do a job. I think he'll have plenty of suitors Yeah, um, and could easily go uh, as quick as he's come and go in the summer. As the whole party party's got, thing.
0: Party's got two years left as well. Two years right. left, it's
1: unreliable. Yeah, it's, um, you know. Shaka big,
0: big game this season, he's, he's basically missed or been bad in.
1: Yeah, um, rumours that... Uh, the the Xhaka story was sort of that Arteta had said give me these two, three years or whatever when they had that conversation and you know he's of a certain age, Yeah, Conga unlikely to be in the squad you know maybe loan or another sale Vieira not really being trusted or performed, Smith Rowe not really performing in the in in any position at the moment but in the 10 um or as that left eight, as many people thought he'd become, he's, we've not seen him at all. So you you could see a world where there's a lot of change in that midfield, um, but it just seems a lot. I think, you know, if we manage to get Caicedo in January, that then gives you one less to do in the summer and maybe that's more realistic. But yeah. I wouldn't put it past there's some agreements with certain players, maybe not Xhaka, but with Jorginho, yeah. For example, I think Giorgino will want to be playing every week and he's good enough to play in a lot of teams every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, even I think Lazio are kind of probably going to come in the top three this season, reuniting him with Sarri. Like, is that, a, you know, you yeah. get to live in Rome, you're Italian. Um, they won last night, which means they are definitely going to be in the Champions League probably. And, you know, that they're, they're the only thing that's stopping Napoli winning the league um that could be an interesting one if we could get maybe eight eight million euros or something like that for him yeah, um yeah. 8 I, million. Think I could i could definitely see something like that happen or even to juventus um
1: and we're already lot, li- you know i'm talking about the amount of players that could go we are already light like we don't yeah. have especially in the Aparte ones oh yeah we don't have anything really so maybe i mean
0: i i, I always thought it was crazy we were um We were going into, uh, I I think it was crazy going into the rest of the season with only three mids, And I tweeted it at the time. I thought it was just nuts.
1: Especially Uh, with the history of Partey either dropping off in performance because he's carrying knocks or being out altogether.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um,
1: yeah, I mean... (sighs) I, I made I did a poll
0: on this a while ago. If you could only sign Rice and Saicedo, would you do it this summer?
1: Yeah, probably. And I think you know it, it wouldn't be unrealistic. To say, we say we're not going to do three center mids, but that's because we presume we'll do other things. But if you if you genuinely did nothing else, then three players in just because they're all in similar areas isn't impossible. I don't know. I I I think we'll sign four or five in total. Um, but it's going to be really interesting because there's been so much talk about that, that Xhaka role. And we really struggle when he's not there, but equally when he's there, people always see the potential of that role if someone else was playing it, but then never really happens. You know, could Odegaard move to that left side because he's a left footer and we have someone a little bit more reserved on the right side, that might be in his thinking.
0: I think it has to be on the left side with Sinchenko there. I think mm-hmm. that 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 six eight player has to be on the left side. Um if, for that reason. Yeah.
1: Um but I, if I, you if if you I was generally of the thought that Rice is gonna be his six, um, his deepest midfielder, the party. But if you have him playing in the Jacques role, you know, by the sheer fact he's right-footed rather than left, that changes that whole dynamic because Jacker spends quite a lot of time out in wide areas, puts in quite a lot of early crosses with his left foot. You know, there's so many, so many changes and I'm sure it's not like we need to find players to stick to exactly the same. We do need to evolve and these evolutions will probably make us better. And Artes has probably got it in his next phase of his plan. That's probably what he wants to do, but it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a lot of money and movement in that midfield in the summer. Yeah.
0: I mean, I am, you know, there's been rumors of Lavia as well. Um, I like that move. Lavia, mm. Rice, I mount. I mean, if it's two of those, I think it'll bolster the squad. in the, the Mount team.
1: is so different to those other three. He, that's what I'm trying to he is, but he is a good
0: runner. My my issue with yeah. the Mount thing isn't the player, it's more the wage. Like there's rumours yeah. he's he's rejected like two hundred grand a week or something at Chelsea. And maybe that's because he doesn't want to be there, but I can't like I can't see us making him one of our highest paid earners. I I don't think Mount happens. I agree. And I think it's because of the wages. Unless Arteta rates him so much that he's like... I need this player desperately. The Rice thing as well is going to be a financially like massive deal. He's probably yeah. going to cost what 70 odd million and he's going to be on yeah. 150k plus easily as well. It's a it's a really really big deal. Yeah,
1: I don't think Mount happens. It's the is the interest which intrigues me because yeah. it's like well if we don't get Mount, I don't think Caicedo or Rice are uh, anywhere similar. And I know Mount can go both ways more than a lot of attacking midfielders and he's played number eight and stuff but they're just they're very different physically for for a start you know Caicedo and, and Rice have a lot of physical qualities you know if you look at interception numbers and things they just don't match up at all so I mean we never know what's actually going on Fabio Vieira came out of nowhere and and all sorts so we'll see what actually happens but the Rice and Caicedo stuff we know there has been talks for both of those players like it's been pretty much confirmed from every reputable source that we were properly in for those so um, it'll be interesting to see if we actually want both or if it's one or the other but I think both are going to cost 80 million What, what,
0: what about the rumours uh, at the back and upfield you know Mark he has been rumoured, I, I quite like him Yeah um, I he's very two-footed um, he is comfortable down the flanks and we definitely need at least one more defender I think in my opinion yeah. At the back. Like, and we, we've been talking about this haven't we for a while Like, I said it in January that we were always one injury away from holding being next up which wasn't good enough either at right back or centre back it's exactly what happened unfortunately um, my worst dreams came true or my mm. worst nightmares rather um Mark Weahy, I think, is pretty good, uh, and then Musa Diaby is the other one that's been linked out wide. Who I've always been a bit of a, a big fan of, but I don't know if he's going to be worth the money. If that makes sense, like I don't know if sixty million quid would be a good investment in a player uh that isn't going to start every week. But also, I just yeah, I just don't know if you get the best bang for your buck with a with a player like Diaby?
1: Yeah, I think on the he one, as, as you say, we need to either ship holding or push him to El Nene levels of requirement in the squad. And you do that by getting a a centre-back or a right-back. And I think that will be interesting to see which one of those we do, because I've seen links to the Ajax right-back, I think, and a couple of others as well. Um, I don't think we'll do both. I think it'll be a case of doing one and that adds weight to that area and, and reduces reliance on hmm. players like holding. But it's clear, isn't it, that you know, Premier League experience has got us into great uh positions with a lot of players we signed. You know, Fabio Vieira is one where we went abroad and that's not clicked yet. It may in the future, but it shows that takes longer I mean Paqueta starting to look really good for West Ham but he looks yeah. really poor first half of the season mm. um, so you you really do see the difference Um, still a player that interests me I think he would need to really refine lots of things but I think you know I, I was really in for him when West Ham were I would have liked to see him in that shack where I went. yeah if, if West Ham had gone down I would have been big on raid them for for both Rice and Paqueta for sure, but he did look um, good yesterday, didn't he? He's yeah. really finally getting to grips with the, the. And you, can, League. you can think in that left pod with Jesus Martinelli Paqueta. I mean, you'd have to stop them doing seal dribbles and stuff when we're winning <laughs> by a few goals, but it could be very, very good. I, I see the potential there. So
0: I, I, you know, some of the relegated sides could be good hunting grounds. I mean, um, Southampton have a fair few good players. I mean, yeah, well, uh, but Kotchup's good. To sound yeah, about, huh? yeah, he's good. I, I like Tapsober at Leverkusen. He's had a mm-hmm. down season, last couple of seasons, but kind of similar to kanji in the sense that was really, really hot property. Everyone thought he was going to be the next like Barcelona signing at, at the back, and then just hasn't really progressed as much. And maybe now's the time to kind of swoop in. Um, yeah, I really like Kotchup. I, I even like Carl Walker Peters I don't I don't think he's a he's a player that we'd sign but definitely capable. We've can linked play to him before in. actually. We have, you know, yeah, but I you know, I've I've heard some things that he's a, still a Spurs fan and you know, his family are basically all waiting for him to to go back to Spurs and mm. move back to London. So um spends a lot of time in London from what I hear. So I I would I would keep an eye on that. Um if you're a Spurs fan listen to this randomly.
1: Um yeah, I Danilo could be interesting. He, he's looked yeah. quite good in a few games. He he, um, he just looks like such a not Arteta player though. Do yeah. you know what
0: I mean? Like he he's very like Fred but technically better and quite like bombastic. It's and, hard to know when they're
1: playing in for in that Forest team. Though, yeah. isn't, I mean we did have interest I talk about him and Paceta because both central midfielders that we've had interest in that have gone to other Premier League clubs. Started slowly and then looked promising signs and maybe that's the time to, you know, we might have to play a, a mark-up on both players. But particularly if Forrest were to go down, I, I don't think Danilo will be playing in the Championship.
0: But Yeah. I mean, Ever- Everton as well have got a fair few good players, don't they? Um, you know, if Leeds go down, we've been linked to Nonto, Leicester. Mm-hmm. I mean, been linked to Madison in the past. I don't think that will happen. Um,
1: I think an explosive winner uh, Winner. Well, and that, but winger is um is definitely something Arteta wants. Um, yeah. I know we got Trossard instead, but Trossard is proven to be a, bit of a number nine option, and that's another discussion. We've been linked to like Saint Maximan and Nonto and a lot of running wingers. Um, so I think after missing out on Madrid, it's clear that we still want someone like that. I think Arteta, he said himself, would quite like a a big striker option as well. Someone like, is that that, Ho- I don't know how to pronounce it. The Atlanta striker Hoyland. Oh uh, yeah. A lot of interest. Yeah. That's an to interesting
0: him. one, isn't it? Like, you know, if, if someone bids for Eddie and bids for Balogun, the, the yeah. issue we've got is homegrown. Like, yeah. um, the reason we're getting linked to Gwehi and Rice is to fill that quota. Um, so that, you know, holding doesn't have to be in the <laughs> in it. Mm. Um yeah, i curious to see, you know, some of the youngsters as well, like Souza and Raw Waters, like what happens to them? Do they get a loan finally? Um same with uh Lewis Skelly, um isn't the one area gonna
1: stay? Um but really yeah, I do wonder with um you know, Balogun, he's not a big striker, but in the youth setup, anyway, he was recognised for being like quite good at physical strength. He's not tall, but he, he could hold the ball up a bit. And yeah. whether we we try and integrate him at the expense of Eddie, because, I mean, Eddie gives you that sort of extra option in the box, but you can see Arteta sometimes wants to get both players on the pitch. He doesn't really want to put Jesus wide. When he puts in Ketia wide, it doesn't really work. Um, so that's another really interesting area of the pitch because it feels like we've got a lot of talent there. Jesus, Balogun and Ketia are all going to be there to be picked next season. But it, you wouldn't be shocked if Arteta said he wants a, a different profile of forward and, and cashed in. But, you know, there's no way all of these things happen because the amount of things we've talked about there adds up to eight or nine signings and 12 departures or something. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting. It feels like the focus is really going to be in that midfield. And I think that's that's right, especially when yeah. we've seen us lose control of games in recent weeks, not be able to adequately replace the likes of Jacko when they're unexpectedly away and parte in the first half of the season. We lost that game at Old Trafford when Lukonga came in. You know, you can look at most of the games we've dropped points and the midfield, whether from the start or inability to change it from the bench has been a, a big reason why we've dropped those points. So I think that's predominantly where we'll see the focus.
0: Mm. I think we should wrap up there. We should. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's wrap it up. I think, um, yeah, Newcastle on Sunday feels like, uh. <laughs> it feels like as a fan base, we're collective waiting for another punch in the face that's come in the last few weeks to be honest I think it would be huge to to manage to win that game and, and really leave a good positive feeling on the season I think that would be would be brilliant but yeah I think it's fairly 50-50 so actually, I, don't, I haven't looked at the bookies but I wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle favourites there considering considering form
0: I wonder if they are. Let's have a look.
1: I don't um, know. They're 16 ooh. to 11. Yeah, they're very slight.
0: Yeah, very slight favourites. Favourites. 50-50.
1: And the draw is, is all pretty much the same. Yeah. Just slightly weighted to them. But I, and I think that's about right. Mm. I would say. And we, we've not talked about Gabriel, but let's hope he's okay. Because otherwise, I mean, <laughs> we would definitely be taking a point if he's out as well.
0: Mm. Right, we'll we'll, uh, chat again after hopefully getting something at Newcastle.
1: Mm. Yes, well, thank you very much for listening. It's been the Fresh Arsenal podcast. I've been PB and you've had AFC Pets as well. And if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. Send us your questions. It's really good to receive messages either to either of our personal accounts or the podcast account. Um, Helps inform sort of discussion moving forward. And we'll we'll do our best to... uh, Get some more podcasts to you very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.